0: Hello, and a very warm welcome to the SILVIVA podcast, the podcast about learning in and with nature. We offer you up-to-date, evidence-based information about the practice of learning outdoors, teaching outside the classroom, nature-based environmental education, place-based education, and related topics. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Hi, and a very warm welcome to the SILVIVA podcast. We bring you a series of interviews with some of the world's top researchers in outdoor learning. In this podcast, Dr. Daniela Müller-Kuhn and myself, Dr. Rolf Jucker, discuss the chapter which Daniela has contributed, together with Eniko Zahler-Metzö in a recent research volume that I have edited together with Dr. Jakob von Hau. The volume is called "Draußen Lernen." Neue Forschungsergebnisse und Praxiseinblicke für eine Bildung für nachhaltige Entwicklung. It has been published by the HEP Verlag and you find a link to it in the show notes. And now I bring you Dr. Daniela Müller-Kuhn, a very warm welcome to you. Before we launch into your research work, Give us a bit of your background. What is your educational journey and why are you interested in outdoor learning?
0: Yeah, thank you for the invitation to the, today's podcast. My educational journey led me to become a sociologist first. There I studied pedagogy just as a minor. In the meantime, I assigned myself to pedagogy though. So I did my PhD in pedagogy at the University of Zurich in Switzerland. And I'm a research assistant at the Center for School Improvement at the Zurich University of Teacher Education. I mainly do research about student participation and outdoor education. And since I work at the Center for School Improvement, I do all this from the perspective of school improvement, of course. Um, why outdoor education, this was the second part of your question, right? Yes, exactly. Our team received a request to do an empirical evaluation of a project by the World Wildlife Foundation Switzerland. It was a project called Ob in die Natur, draußen Unterrichten, which means go into the nature and teach outdoors. And the goal of the project was to motivate as many teachers as possible to teach outside, at least for one half day during the campaign week. And first I was just a co-worker in the project, But from the beginning, I really liked the evaluation project because it combined different perspectives and was very rich in variety. And I also like the topic. I like the approach of natural learning, the approach of self-discovery, the chance that outdoor learning offers for, for the classroom climate and so on. And outdoor education is so much more than just subject learning. And I think it's a totally up-to-date topic as well, a reasonable development in education. And during the evaluation, the project leader from our team um, took over another position and I became the new leader of the project. And this was the point where I really got into outdoor education research. And the topic also matched my personal preferences, I would say. So I'm a person who likes being in nature. I grew up surrounded by mountains. Being outdoors really contributes to my well-being. And so I really could understand why students and teachers liked the outdoor school experience.
1: Fantastic. Thank you very much for this. This leads me straight to the second question. There is a it's like a topos in research that um, uh, interest in environmental topics or outdoor learning is very often premeditated by. Um, some experience in childhood or or, or, uh, during adolescence and so forth. Did you have any particular, particularly beautiful or learning intensive or life-changing personal outdoor learning experience? Uh, A
0: life-changing experience? Hmm, that's probably a little bit
1: it's a big group, too yeah. big it's a big word yes, <laughs> Yeah. exactly
0: but or and it carries a great expectation but maybe yes. it's probably not the only one single experience but the sum of experiences mm-hmm. yeah i would say that the result of these experiences is that you do not need so much material you do not need so many man-made objects to be able to occupy yourself to learn and ultimately to live a happy life so when you stand on top of a mountain for example being tired or even exhausted from hiking or climbing all the way up and then look at the beautiful scenery which surrounds you then much becomes relative or when i was a child probably about six years old i just got my first pocket knife a tiny pink one being together with our neighbors in the backyard, cutting sausages to grill on the open fire and accidentally I did not only cut the sausages but also my finger. But, <laughs> but what, what counted was the joint outdoor experience, being accepted from the others, feeling part of a group, perceiving trust and confidence. And this sense of community is what I also feel when I visit classes which, which have school outdoors. And being outside is just being outside together. Students help each other. And outdoors teachers are less the person who grade the students but are the ones who support and who coach the students. The students ask spontaneous questions about things they just found or saw outdoors, for example, about a butterfly which just flew by. And they are are to some degree led by their interest. And the... The nature offers a lot of options to learn, not just in nature, but also with and through the nature. And maybe one last point. There was one key sentence from a a teacher in an interview which contributed to how I see the things. In the meantime, I'll, I'll probably keep this sentence in mind forever because I really think it is so true. The teacher said or asked, why should I look at numbers in the math textbook when the whole neighborhood is full of numbers? So I just walk through the neighborhood and look at the numbers there.
1: That's fantastic. That is a really, really nice observation, um, but it implies a kind of shift in in, in perception and and in focus. Um, you've touched on a on a, a whole plethora of of topics which are interesting um from a perspective of uh outdoor learning or learning in general so my my next question is a bit more general you know there's there's a lot of discussion these days in Switzerland but also worldwide about okay what kind of schooling do we need for the 21st century what um what is appropriate uh, in terms of uh, schooling for our kids and our young people so, if you reflect on that, what would you say outdoor education can conti- contribute to um, 21st century education? Mm-hmm.
0: That's another large question. And indeed, the world is complex. And I really do support outdoor learning. But I'm not sure whether outdoor learning can solve all the world's challenges. But I I would not deny, though, it can contribute to some important competences and experiences. So outdoor learning contributes to the closeness to nature. Students feel more connected to the nature when they actually spend time there. So this should show them that the nature is a place and a resource which is worth to protect or to take care of. It also can provide the students a place to relax, which is important too, especially in stressful times. And other contribution could be the interdisciplinary and uh, general competences, especially social skills, which can be naturally trained outdoors. So other values get strengthened than just power and money, to say it in a short way. Outdoor students are confronted with a more open learning room they learn with less didactic teaching material. So creative thinking and solution orientation get trained. And these are competences which are of value also for the new challenges of the world, I would say.
1: I think you, you're you right. You, you mentioned um, this, at the, at the very end, this particular point that uh, you don't necessarily need a lot of material outside because you there is material there is there is 3d experience right in front of you uh, it's something i realized uh, I've, I've lived in in vales uh, at the coast for about 15 years and our kids grew up there and at the beginning we really had the idea or we thought we have to buy them lots of shovels and buckets and stuff uh, for um, when we went to to the beach and um, in a very short time we realized they, they they hardly ever touched these things because as soon as they were on the beach, they had plenty of things to do. They found mm-hmm. plenty of objects. It, it, it was never, ever, ever a problem to occupy them. Um, they, they, they always find things to do, to build, to inquire about and so forth and so forth. So I think um, what you've mentioned there, um, as a kind of research outcome or from your observations that that uh, that I certainly can see. Um, and I think it is an int- interesting point because it means you engage with the world in a in a direct manner, rather than mediate it through. Uh, pedagogical material or whatever it might be. Um, your, Particularly interested in 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 research into outdoor learning, and you've already mentioned at the very beginning um, those evaluations you were involved in, and I really think they they have fantastic evaluations. They have really helped. Uh, I think us as outdoor learning actors in Switzerland, uh, Silviva, but also others, WWF, as you've mentioned, um, in in understanding in a lot more depth, what is going on, uh, why the teachers are motivated to do what they do uh, outdoors, what they actually do outdoors, and so forth, and so forth. Um, And um, based on that research, you've also contributed together with uh, Enneke Zahler made to this uh, central chapter to the volume I mentioned in the introduction. Im Wald muss man einfach mehr vertrauen, Erfahrungen von Lehrpersonen mit draußen unterricht, which could be roughly translated as in the forest. You have to trust a lot more teachers' experiences with outdoor learning. If you pull together uh, the work you've done on these evaluations, but also, um, Writing of that particular piece, but but also your other research. What do you think? You know, where 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 is research into auto learning really strong? Where are the strong points? Where do we have good, reliable results? And maybe on on the other side, where do you think um, we need more research? We need to think about um, Maybe also different ways of, of doing the research. Uh, what would you say based on your experience in the field so far?
0: Um, so I would say the strengths and the benefits of, of outdoor education are numerous. And there's quite much known about it. Mm-hmm. So it's learning in the real environment, promotion of multidisciplinary and additional competences, especially social competences, um, more physical activities, students feel more free and less under control outside. It fits with the new curriculum with Mm -hmm. competency orientation since outdoors is often also about doing, about competences and new, new forms of learning are supported. So less frontal teaching, more group work and other forms of learning. I think we know quite much about that. So these are, on one hand, these are the strengths or the benefits of outdoor education. Yep. And also what we know about it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And you also asked about the weaknesses of outdoor learning and maybe the research about it. And I probably would not call it weakness, but I would see it as there is need for development. So I would say teachers really need support It is required that teachers get used to outdoor learning. This means that they might need to change their attitude or mindset as well. So outdoor learning should be seen not as an additional effort, but as a benefit and maybe even as relief. Outdoor learning often is connected to playful learning and not yet compatible with higher grades. So there's still work to be done. And very concrete challenges of outdoor education are, for example, the compatibility with individual timetables and support lessons of single students, as well as the integration of students with special needs, for example, of students with physical disabilities. Yeah. And about the evidence base, I would say there's still little evidence of real correlations and effects. Publications often contain assumptions and experience reports. And I would appreciate strengthening or more research about outdoor education on secondary education, as well as about outdoor education in the city, since there's also, there are also natural places in the city which can be used. And I think in this field, teachers would like to get more support and maybe research can help. And what is required as well is that all the universities of teacher education include outdoor education in their curriculum. So prospective teachers should learn about outdoor education in their own education.
1: I think you made a really beautiful summary on the many different levels. We sometimes at Silviva, we call them systemic levels where we need development, support, um, Further research to strengthen outdoor learning. You know, it starts from the very uh, practical logistical problems of timetabling, mm-hmm. uh, finding um, maybe a, a second teacher or support teacher to to uh, help uh, on the day. Outdoor, um, you rightly mentioned teacher support. You know, we 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 realise more and more that. Um, we we always confronted with the question why outdoors, and mm-hmm. we usually ask back why indoors, <laughs> and and uh, it's it's only uh, only partially a joke because it is clear that the norm what we learned uh, when we got trained as a teacher um, what we what we routinely do every single day when we um, uh, teach. Uh, If that is indoors, you know that's a continuous training and retraining of the competencies and the things we need in order to do it well in indoors Um, outdoors might be new. Uh, which means it's absolutely clear that you, there are new competences. there are things you need to train to learn. Um, as you rightly mentioned, you might have to change uh, your attitude, um, the way you interact uh, and so forth and so forth. Um, but once that's, that's the feedback we get from experienced teachers, once you got that, once you've trained up as it were, it's not, it's different, but not more difficult or or maybe even also not less difficult but but it's just mm-hmm. different and and uh, you know it's it's not a problem to do it um but mm-hmm. also you mentioned you know that we we increasingly need to look at outdoor learning is not just something for kindergarten kids um yes. plus it is also something for for um you know secondary schools maybe even um Tertiary education. Uh, I think it could be ap- applied across the entire range of of educational interventions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that that summary of yours. That that uh, very detailed. That that we we are confronted with um, difficult uh, different development options um, on on different fields. But there is one particular research issue which always comes up, um, and that is the link to academic performance and cognitive development. Um, When we talk to teachers who teach fifth grade in in Switzerland, that's in in the canton of Zurich, for example, that's the age when they um, prepare for um, uh, potentially changing over to the gymnasium, and, and these teachers tell us, well, but, but we are under so much pressure to deliver on these academic goals. We can't possibly go outside. What is your view on that? Um, do you really think that um, outdoor learning, that's kind of the presupposition of of that statement, outdoor learning is a waste of time. It's quite nice. It can be nice or uh, granted. But in terms of you know de- delivering hardcore academic achievement it takes away too much time it's not delivering and so forth and so forth what's your view on that um, what spontaneous
0: comes into my mind is that i really hope that the teacher's perspective who said we don't have time to go outside in fifth grade is just like an intermediary step mm-hmm. until this teacher sees that you actually can learn outdoors as well yep I think teachers, that's what what we learn from our um, WWF evaluation. It's teachers who have a lot of experience in outdoor education. They see it as a, they see outdoors as a place to learn. And like newcomers in outdoor education, they think, oh, we go outside to play Mm -hmm. or to make an excursion somewhere. It's like the fun part, that's what we do outside and all the learning takes place in the school building. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it needs probably development, improvement, but also support for the teachers. They have to be in touch with experienced um, other teachers. So they, they get more comfortable um, being outside. And I also think that the uh, view of what learning is changes when you mm-hmm. actually teach outdoors so outdoor learning enables learning in the natural real sur- surrounding it's not a created artificial learning environment but a natural one and you do not look at the picture of something or listen to a description of something you're actually there you can see you can touch you can feel you can smell it learning outdoors in a natural surrounding feels a lot more authentic, automatic, and less forced. So, for example, you do not need to learn tree measures by memorizing numbers, but you can actually stand right next to a tree and then estimate or measure the height of the tree. Creative thinking and and acting creative is required again. So, how do you measure the height of a tree, like of a large tree? Do you use a laser measuring device? Or do you measure and compare the shade of a tree and the shade of a smaller item? Do you try to try to climb up the tree in a safe way and then measure it with a rope and a scale? So outside creative solutions are often needed and they can also yeah you know, these are competencies which can be used or we, which can be useful later too. It's not just learning history and math and Language or learning from textbook, like the classical disciplines outside it it is also subject learning, but the students learn outside other things as well, and these are also things which are required for um secondary education, yeah and even um you mentioned that aspect with like a waste of time
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, at the beginning, or like the newcomer teachers. Or the newcomers related to outdoor education, they say at the first it requires more time to prepare lessons outside than just the regular lessons inside. But um, when they become more experienced, then it changes as well.
1: Yes, I mean that that is the feedback we get routinely. You know, I I think it's it's probably. Uh, an illusion to think that a switch from teaching indoors to teaching outdoors uh, is for free um, is is not connected mm-hmm. to to um, uh, at least initially, as you say, to more work. But most pe- teachers uh, who do it for for a prolonged uh, period of time, who have experience in it, they say yes, even even after two or three years, it is work it needs preparation it challenges you as a teacher but it's worth it the payback i realized i get over time on many different levels Um, uh, for example that i can read my kids a lot better one teacher recently told us um, she had a adhs kid uh, and he was totally a a real real pain in the classroom and had she only known that kid as a classroom kid, she would have totally misjudged that kid. Because when she started to go outside with the with the class, um, he almost became another person. Uh, he could he could show other sides of himself and competencies he's acquired because he was constantly outside. I think he was uh, grew up on a on a on a farm. Um, and also the, the perspective of the other classmates on him totally changed through that experience. So she said she was really glad to have made this experience because otherwise she felt she had misjudged that child and therefore could not be could not really estimate or, or judge his potential properly uh, in terms of what he can learn and, and, and develop into. So, um, mm-hmm. I think that's a very interesting perspective you, you mentioned there that, uh, yes, of course, um, it, it needs time. And most teachers, uh, they say, yes, at the beginning, you always plan too much. Your your timetable for the outdoor day is too packed and you never manage to do all the things you planned. <laughs> but in the long run, that does not necessarily matter that much anymore because, um, as you already mentioned, because through a lot of the phases outdoor, learning is more intense, is more focused, uh, can go deeper on a particular issue or a particular phenomenon. So it's not necessarily... Mm-hmm. It takes time, but it's not wasted time. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and, and maybe you save time in other fields as well, because um, outdoor education also contributes, for example, to the classroom climate, as at least as what we found out in our research. Yeah. So um, classes can kind of save time, or they can save discussions about arguing in the class when they have like a close, mm-hmm. um, a close relationship in the class or a good classroom climate from outdoors, then they save even time indoors. Yeah, yeah, because they don't need to spend so much time with discussions about arguing during the break or in group work and so on. And you mentioned before the example of the uh, ADHS kid. We have in our research, there was a teacher who started talking to a child on the way to the outdoor place. And afterwards in the interview, the teacher told me, I didn't even know that this girl was willing to, to say so much or to, yeah, to talk that much because she, she was very shy in the mm-hmm. class always. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the same as you mentioned. And there are other examples where teachers could address children outside also with um, subject related content, which they were not able to address in the classroom.
1: Yes, and I think you know this. This dimension of classroom dynamics and and social interaction and social trust between the teacher and and the kids and and the kids amongst themselves, that really seems to be a very important basis for successful mm-hmm. learning, and that seems to be strengthened outside because you experience uh, yourself and the others. In, in a lot of different situations. Uh, of course, that's to a certain extent possible in the classroom as well, but to another extent, uh, classroom experiences are more uh, standardized and outside you have always these, uh, for example, just on the way to um, uh, a place in nature, you have these informal times to interact and to listen and to talk with each other and to see and to watch uh, what's happening. And uh, teachers tell us all the time that uh, sometimes on the way, uh, amazing things happen out of the blue, unpredictable, Mm -hmm. which lead to uh, very interesting in-depth discussions amongst the kids or with the teacher. And um, so I think this change of space, as it were, and that's not to damn indoors teaching, you know, that's also Mm -hmm. a learning space which can be used uh, very fruitfully. But I think if you have different spaces available, you can, as you very rightly mentioned before, at various points, you have the opportunity to broaden um, your experience space, the questions you can ask, um, the things you can be interested in. It just helps you. And maybe it helps increasingly diverse classes it helps the kids mm-hmm. to find their learning spaces, you know, where where they feel comfortable to learn, where they where they feel engaged, where they feel motivated. Maybe it helps them if you offer different learning spaces to them. That's sometimes something we 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 think. I don't know whether you've kind of see that borne out by your research as well.
0: Yes, I would say you just said what I I always have in my mind because. I do not take the position that learning should take place only outdoors. Yeah. It can, but it mm-hmm. does not have to. Yes. Instead, I really think learning should take place there where it makes sense. When, when it makes sense or more sense to teach and learn something inside, then it should be allowed and accepted to do this inside the school building. And at the same time, it should be possible or even self-evident actually, to look or work at something outside when outdoors is the right place for it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. my vision is that indoors and outdoors are no longer differentiated, but there there are simply different learning locations and different learning places. And learning should just take place there where it makes sense. And Mm -hmm. at the moment, we're probably in a like in a transition phase where it is necessary to emphasize the outdoor place. Yeah. So teachers and everyone involved become aware of the option that school actually can take place outdoors. But in the future, maybe it's just my hope, but I would say this emphasis should in the future no longer be necessary, and school should just simply take place wherever it makes
1: sense. Yes, I think that's that's a that's a, a very very important statement, you know, um, learning and teaching should be goal directed. And if yes, the goal implies, okay, um, what we really want to learn right now can better be taught outside than it should take place outside if it's inside then inside if it's in a laboratory, then it's in a laboratory, if it's in a museum, it's in a museum. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that would really open up that slightly narrowish perspective, okay, it always has to be where it has taken place in the last hundred and hundred and fifty years, namely indoors. <laughs> yes. yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um maybe maybe a quick question. We touched on it already a little bit, um, but we very, very often hear this argument Oh, yeah, 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 outdoor learning that's for kids, you know, they love to play outside and and nature is just perfect for them. But later on, when we talk about serious learning, then obviously, that's not an option anymore. Uh, What what would you say, I mean, in in, in your reflections and also all your discussions with teachers and so forth, is this a, a justified position? I mean, you know, if, if you look at research worldwide, you know, one of the phenomenon, which also always strikes me, is you look at these these graphs about uh, how often and where outdoor learning takes place. And there's always a very high bar in kindergarten and there's always a very low bar in secondary education. That's almost worldwide. Is this just because it is like this (laughs) or or, 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 or would you say, no, no. um, I I think, uh, you know, outdoor learning has a place in secondary education, maybe even in tertiary education as well.
0: I definitely would say outdoor education has a place in secondary education and maybe tertiary education as well. I mean, can you imagine how it must be for a kid who's spend one, two or even more days outdoors in lower grades and then get forced back into a classroom in higher grades. I mean, this must feel really unneutral for the kid.
1: Yep.
0: So I think it is difficult to force them completely back into the classroom in higher grades. And that's just one of the reasons why I think it makes sense to continue yep. outdoor learning even in higher classes. And furthermore, holistic learning or subject-independent learning, phenomena-oriented learning, promoting Mm -hmm. interdisciplinary competences. These are all things that make sense also or actually especially at secondary level. Mm -hmm. And in addition, you um, partly mentioned it before, there are many exciting out-of-school places of learning. And it is a benefit to spend part of the school time in such places and maybe even students places can be incorporated into the lessons or into school. So perhaps this will also strengthen the bond um, with the school. And outdoor education has another benefit, which is independent from the school level, I would say. It enables or even supports involvement in traditions and local facilities. So schools cooperate with others from the village or the neighborhood or the city such as the forester, for example, or the carnival group. And this strengthens the sense of responsibility for the community and for the neighborhood, for the village. So there are kind of other aspects too, which which count.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Again, uh, not just the subject learning.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and my hope is a little bit that maybe these uh, graphs I mentioned, that's just that is just now, because outdoor learning has not been really well established, broadly established in primary schooling. If we uh, maybe look in 10, 15 years time um, and, and a lot of classes have spent uh, regular time in outdoor learning in primary schooling, then maybe uh, we will see a development in 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 schooling as well
0: yeah and maybe also when it has established in teacher education yes. so when like yes. the teachers who graduate now when they kind of have all the knowledge and experience yeah. in their backpack yep.
1: yeah that's a very important point you know I mean that 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 is something I noticed very quickly in in, in most of the research worldwide um sort of the, the one thing everybody stresses and and you've mentioned it a couple of times already as well is um pre and in-service training for teachers has to reflect uh and has to has to build up the competencies for outdoor teaching and then it it also will will happen more more broadly which brings me to the kind of development you know if you if we compare the development of outdoor learning in Switzerland and other countries such as say Denmark, where uh, around 30% of all schools engage on weekly or bi-weekly outdoor teaching on a regular basis, we could say, okay, we have some way to go. We're not quite there yet. So my question really is, what would be helpful in switzerland what would need to happen so that we can get further along this road of really mainstreaming outdoor learning of yeah of making it a common feature of every child's school biography Mm -hmm.
0: i think it's a large question again you ask because i also ask myself if if the expectation actually is livable Mm -hmm. like can really all schools, yeah, incorporate yep. outdoor education? Yeah, yep. Because schools are confronted with hundreds of expectations mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're all justified, I would say. But the school schools cannot meet all the demands. So there are demands for outdoor learning, for healthy school, inclusive schools, openness for different cultures, um, and activity-friendly schools, and so on. And that's why I think it makes sense for a teacher or a whole school to implement outdoor education then when they fully commit to it so when they really think we are ready to to implement mm-hmm. outdoor education then they should do it and they need i think they need probably support and what mm-hmm. they definitely definitely need is they should just give it a try yes so when there's just like one single teacher in a school then he or she should fight for for this outdoor half day maybe and to try to motivate other teachers to do it too, then once they have actually tried and once they they have taught outdoors, they will most likely continue to teach outdoors in the future. So it is worse, I would say, and also sustainable to just try it. And to start small, I mean, they, they shouldn't start like with, oh, I don't know, four days outdoors in a week, but maybe just with half a day in a week yep. and then see how it it improves or how to see how comfortable they feel. And I think it also helps when they, they take pressure from themselves and just look what's around them. I mean, there are so many things there nearby. And learning in the real environment is pleasant and makes sense. And it's, it's just around, there's so much just around the school building. And as I said before, I would say it doesn't have to be only outdoors. It can be a combination of outdoors and indoors. Absolutely. So I think it's a good idea to just start in a way that suits the teacher and then expand if necessary.
1: Yeah, I think that is a, a very important point. You know, this is uh, let's, let's start low-level Let's yes. not start with the highest expectation about the perfectly developed outdoor school already. Um, let's just try, and I really think that this um, up in the Naturtage which you evaluated um, so powerfully—they really help doing that. You know, just okay, give it a try. See, see what it does. See what it does to you. See what it does to your yeah. class. See what it does to the to the class dynamic. Uh, and try and if you don't like it and don't do it Uh, if you do like it then then go on yeah we we sometimes flippantly say yeah we think every child should have the right to uh, come across outdoor learning multiple times during its school in biography but not necessarily every teacher needs to teach outdoors um Mm -hmm. because if you link it to motivation uh, you know Mm -hmm. um, it's absolutely clear if you if you force teachers who don't like to teach outside to teach outside it's not going to be a happy experience not for them and not for the kids Um, so it maybe maybe doesn't really doesn't make sense
0: yes i totally Mm -hmm. agree the teachers they must be open for outdoor learning
1: Okay, Uh, Daniela, thank you so much for a really, really interesting uh, discussion and conversation. Um, Maybe a very last point. You've touched on it a little bit, but maybe you want to flesh it out a little bit more. If you would have a wish free, say for 2050, (laughs) um, what would your ideal scenario be for outdoor learning in 2050? Mm
0: I actually hope that my ideal scenario happens earlier than 2050 because there are too many kids who won't be able to have a benefit Mm -hmm. of it when it takes 25 more, even 27 more years. But I'll, I'll give it a try. So I think a meaningful place to learn should become a given. It should no longer be positioned indoors and outdoors against each other, but simply learning there where it makes sense. So my vision is that learning takes place there where it makes the most sense. If the classroom is the most suitable place, then learning should happen there. When outdoors is the most suitable place to learn something, then the students should be able to learn outdoors. And since outside is not a single place or a single location either, in my vision, I expect that students will learn in many different places. Outdoors offers a thousand different learning places. And... In this context, the question of what learning is and where where learning takes place should also be rethought. An awareness should be created that learning can happen anywhere. You can use nearly any situation to learn consciously and not always paper and pens are required to learn. And it would be great when even more schools would use what is on the doorstep or around the school building. So maybe it comes back to just give it a try.
1: What a beautiful vision. Thank you so much, Daniela, for taking the time to talk to us and all the very best for your future research.
0: Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Silviva podcast. We hope you learned something new that you can use in your own practice. Feel free to give us feedback and share your experiences at www.silviva.ch podcast, where you can also find the show notes as well as more information about learning outdoors in and with nature. See you next time.